McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so very much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. I want to encourage you guys to subscribe and share this episode and all episodes of Adventures in the Spirit. Uh, We're seeing people just yesterday, we saw people through our live stream receive healing from pain in their knee, have their eyesight restored, just some amazing things that the wonderful Holy Spirit did through this while people were viewing or even listening in. So we've got some incredible testimonies, the power of the Holy Spirit taking place in people's lives while watching this or while listening in. So please subscribe and share all these episodes of Adventures in the Spirit. I've got a free resource available for you on how to have dialogue or fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So that link is provided in the podcast description and the podcast notes. But guys, today I want to introduce you to my new friend, Conrad Carricker. He has a podcast, Coffee with Conrad, on conradrocks.net. And let me tell you guys, he is rocking it for Jesus, okay? He is rocking it for Jesus in the podcast world. I mean, it goes up the charts. It's like, it is like truly having coffee with a friend. You know, he'll lead you and encourage you, lead you in worship. He'll interview people. So please help me welcome Conrad Carricker to Adventures in the Spirit. Conrad, welcome. Thank you. And you got my name right. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I try to do my studies on all these things, brothers. So, you know, you've got a couple new downloads too. So I got to do my my background and all that. I'm not just going to bring anybody anybody just to this podcast, but you're rocking it, bro. So I'd love to hear uh, what God has done in your life. I mean, how did you come to know Jesus or what was your journey? Wow. Well, my my testimony is basically in my book. I have a book called Open Your Eyes, My Supernatural Journey, which chronicles my experiences in the supernatural before and after Jesus. Now, I was raised in, you know, where your parents send you to church, you know, and my dad, he taught me to pray on the on the side of the bed, you know, God bless mama, daddy, the dog spot and all that stuff. And he didn't tell me, you know, you're supposed to stop when you go to sleep. And as a young boy, I would go out in the backyard. I'm like, oh, wow, I can talk to God. I'm going to continue this conversation. And so I was, I was having supernatural communication, you know, supernatural experiences from a very young age. I mean, inside the crib. And I remember them and, um, like for instance, yeah, dude, seriously, what, what the new agers call astral projection, right? Think about it. This stuff's in the Bible too. Isaiah went up before the throne. Paul talks about, I was in the third heaven, maybe, you know, or Ezekiel was carried by his hair. Then there's what the new agers, I'm talking about new age because I went into the new age after I left. Like when Jesus saw Nathaniel under the fig tree, that's what they call remote viewing. So one of my first 
supernatural experiences. I was about, I was still in my crib and I remember this and it's in my book. My eyes were shut and dude, this goes back to like, I don't know. It makes me think of Adam and Eve. It, it's, uh, you know, how their eyes were opened, but before that they were seeing in the spirit. Right. And, uh, so I was sick. I had scarlet fever. I didn't know it. And my eyes were shut for some weird reason, but I could see everything in the room and I climbed out of my crib and my mom was in the living room. Um, this was in California and she was talking to a friend and I could see everything, but my eyes were shut. And this is significant. She puts her, she's like, Conrad, open your eyes. She's putting her thumbs on my eyes saying, open your eyes. And I'm like, wow. So I was really sick. Uh, I went to the hospital and that was uh, probably one of the, the earliest supernatural experiences that I can remember. And how old were you? Like two. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, I had a ton. I had a ton of demonic experiences and I look for them in the Bible because I'm like, God, I need to explain this stuff. I, you know, when you look back, you understand things. So another one, let's fast forward to like when I'm five, I was living in Houston. And when I was five, someone came into my room. In my book, the chapter is Someone Tried to Murder Me. I think that's the name of it. So I was in my room. I was sleeping. And someone came into my room and put their hand over my nose and my mouth. They were suffocating me. And if you had demonic night terrors, that's what this, that, this is what this is. It's where a demon tries to kill you in your sleep. I wrote another book about that, Overcoming Demonic Night Terrors because I overcame them. So anyway, I'm trying to wake up. I'm like, mom, my daddy, I'm, ye I'm yelling into this hand. And the only thing that happens, and you can find that this is consistent with demonic night terrors. The first thing that happens is they can open their eyes, but they're still paralyzed. So I opened my eyes, opened my eyes, right? And then I saw my own hand was over my face. Mm. And I try, I took my other hand and I tried to pull it off. And as soon as I realized what was going on, I had full control of my hand and I ran into the other room and I, uh, I was petrified. I didn't know what was going on. Now, turns out later after I'm looking, you know how the uh, demons have to have permission to come into a home. There's an authority structure. Right. And my dad, my dad was a Christian, but he dabbled with the occult. So he opened the door. He probably never knew that. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Do not dabble in the occult. You know, it's not, you're not the only one that's going to, you know, I, I will visit the iniquity of the fathers down to the children of the third and fourth generation. Don't dabble in the occult. You may not, you know, you may think you're the only one that's going to suffer, but your kids are going to suffer too. So that's where that came from. And I had, you want to hear some more? <laughs> I've, got oh, a, totally. I've got a, totally. I got a few I, stories. I'm intrigued. Like okay. So at this time, you know, later, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fast forward like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. I'm praying. I'm trying to figure out this whole God thing. And one day I was out by the bicycle, by my dad's bicycle. And I'll never forget this. Something, I don't know what it was, but something in the spirit drew me to stare at my dad's metal kickstand. And I got it. This is a metal kickstand, right? And I stared at it, and within a few seconds, it broke in two. So I'm like, wow, that's like crazy. So I would I ran into my 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 grandparents were raising me. I'm like, you're not gonna believe this. But it, something told me to stare at this metal kickstand and it snapped in two. 
And they did not believe me. My own family didn't believe me. So for the, for those of you with a prophetic calling on your life, that you're, you know, you're kind of like Joseph, your brothers and sisters, they would rather throw you in the pit and kill you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I know what that is. I know what that's like. Yeah. So your own family didn't believe me. Another example of my own family, not believing me. And this is like uh, Jesus says, I'm, I'm not come to bring peace, but a sword. Those that will be at variance with you, with you will be your own, you know, your own family. Right. It causes division. So one time I'm at this house, my, my great grand, my grandmother's aunt's house. And I'm walking around. I'm like six or seven years old. And I walk to this room with this door shut. I'm just drawn to it. And this man talks to me through this drawer, to, through the door. And he says, go tell them I started a fire. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So I went into the living room or the kitchen is where it was. And I said, hey, this man in there said he started a fire in the bedroom. And they're like, oh, there's nobody here. <laughs> you know, so it turns out. The house was on fire and there was nobody in the room, right? So if they'd listened to me in the beginning, they would have saved a lot of furniture and stuff. But but the smoke started coming into the room and I'm like, I told you. So I had a lot of experiences like that. Now, I went to uh, share these things with some Christians. I'm like, look, the Bible is a supernatural book. It's chock full of supernatural things. Surely the church is going to have some answers for me. Well, they didn't. Uh, it That that scared them. And I'm sure you've, you probably experienced that the supernatural scares the religion. So I I knew there was a God because I had a dialogue and I'm telling you what, some of the prayers I had when I was a little kid, they're still coming to pass. Some of those conversations, I'm like, wow. So another reason I I went away, I'm going to say that I left Christianity because I was seeking answers, but there was this man or this boy, he led me in the sinner's prayer while I was a teenager and I'm like, okay, let's, let's try this God thing. You know, let, let's, I'm all in, but it was intellectual ascent. I did not have a spiritual relationship with the biblical Jesus. It was just basically confessing with your mouth, but not believing with your whole heart. There's a difference. I, I believe that salvation is more than intellectual ascent. And this person that led me in the sinner's prayer, a couple of months later, he completely fell away. He says, Conrad, try partying for one month, try one month without God and you'll have more fun than you've ever had in your life. So the guy that led me in the sinner's prayer, you know, and this, this is how evangelism's done wrong. We're trying to convince someone to have intellectual assent to an argument that Jesus is Lord, like we're winning an argument. But no, they need to have a supernatural spiritual encounter like Acts 9, where Paul was whacked by the Lord, right? That's what needs to happen. So anyway, I left for the New Age. I studied Hinduism, Buddhism, Scientology. I was a Scientologist for a year or two. Uh, I was going to shave my head, man. I mean, that's how I was really seeking okay, God. But, but yeah. if we go there, we'll probably get censored. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. But no, I, I just, I went, I went to these different religions under the new age. I read Ruth Montgomery, like thousand pages, you know, all this new age stuff. And I, I, I kept noticing, Hey, you know, they're quoting the Bible. They're quoting a lot of the Bible, like this manifestation. They quote like Mark eleven twenty one through twenty six. They they quote the the silver co- uh, the silver cord in the bowl in Ecclesiastes. Yeah. They keep quoting yeah. all this stuff. I'm like going, you know, why are the New Agers taking what they they're 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 quoting the Bible and they're saying they can be a Christ, but they're not talking about submitting to the Christ. And that's something I started to notice in that same spiritual relationship I had with God as a boy. 
that voice, um, you know, I would hold it like a basketball under the ocean, right? As, as I would hold it underwater. I would not let it, I would not submit to it until I got in trouble. <laughs> so this is something interesting, and I can't really explain it, but God saved my life in a backslidden state many mm-hmm. times, many times. And looking back, I'm like going, wow, man, was I, was I a sinner? <laughs> I mean, I was a sinner. In my book, I talk about a couple of these things. One of them, I was in a, uh, I used to fish, and I was uh, on a boat in San Pedro, California. And my buddy, it was his boat, and he loved his boat. It was his, pretty much his own, his only possession. I mean, that's that was his baby. And the engine died, and this oil tanker was coming at us, and the engine was dead. I'm like, and he couldn't start it. He tried five minutes or so, and you're watching this, this, <laughs> you're watching this, uh, oil tanker like block out the sun i mean it was coming straight towards us the coast guard's calling us on the vhf you know get out of there put on some put on some life jackets you know and swim away so i'm putting on my life jacket and i'm looking at my buddy and he's he's like crying because he knows his boat's going to get hit by this oil tanker and i'm like going, I, I thought you know if i swim away I'm gonna, I may live, but I'm gonna look like the jerk that let his buddy die with his boat, you know? So I'm like, I'm in this backslidden state. I'm like, God help me. And then in the spirit, he said, turn on the engine. So I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, Hey, uh, I think you should turn on the engine. Oh no, it didn't work. It didn't work. We're just going to get hit. Dude, turn on the engine. And he just turned it on. Woo. We got out of the way. Wow. That that was and I was backslidden. I was suppressing the voice of the spirit of God at back then. But he kept saving my life many times. And and then finally I got a, a taste for making money. I got into business. I was making a lot of money. I had a penthouse on the beach in California. I had boats, I had Corvettes, you know, I, I had everything was going really good, except I was very depressed. This this frustration, this supernatural, this spiritual frustration that I had was kind of pushing me towards being depressed. I was drinking drugs, all of that. And finally, you know, this just goes to show that having a lot of money does not make you happy. It, it exacerbates your iniquity. So the more money you have, the more drugs you're going to do, the more alcohol you're going to drink. So in, in 1995, I fell to my knees, on, you know, in my beach place. And I'm like, Lord, if you're real, I need to know. Yeah. So and I need to know right now. So he, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He doesn't want to play you to play footsie with him. I got diligent. I got serious. He, Hebrews 11, 6. And you know what he said? He said, open your eyes. Like my mom said, open your eyes. Wow. It was that same voice that I would hear when my dad taught me to pray on the side of the bed. You know, prayer is not just a one-way conversation. It's a dialogue. And then he said, read the instructions. And like Ezekiel said, he gave me a new heart. Like King Saul says, I'm going to give you a new heart. He was changed, right? I was changed. I was completely changed. And I I had this voracious appetite for giving in to that voice, for, for listening to God. And at that point, when my eyes were open, you know, Adam and Eve, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of scriptures. I keep finding all these scriptures about your eyes being open. You might find it interesting that, that Tyndale, the translator uh, of the Bible into English, 
His final words is praying that the king of England's eyes would be opened. That was his last words before they strangled him and burned him at the stake. Wow. You know, that, that was a big deal. And I didn't realize it. Now looking back, I can see how big of a deal it was. And then I learned what you must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven means. After that, then I could see the angels. Before all of that, you could see demons right and left. That's a different supernatural dimension that's in Christianity. You know how the Bible talks about the elect angels. I got to see them, right? So you got to be born again for that. And then in my book, I go on about some of the testimonies that happen after, like uh, God would kept, kept sending me mentors. I don't know where you want to go with the rest of this testimony right now, but, you know, I had a lot of demonic stuff before, and then now I had a lot of angelic stuff, a lot of crazy God stuff happen after. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to commune with the wonderful Holy Spirit like never before? Your adventure with Him will grow tremendously as you go through our Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. You can study the course at your own pace, on your time. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help you know the Holy Spirit more and encounter Him every day. You'll learn His names, His character, His fruit, His personality, and more. Go to FirebornMinistries.com to purchase this life-changing program and start connecting with Him today. Yeah, well, let's let's zero in on the power of the name of Jesus that you've seen. And then, okay. I know for me, when I came to Christ— Within a few weeks, I had to go through some, uh, I, I had a demonic assault, and if you will, mm-hmm. crazy stuff going on around me. But then I learned how to rebuke the devil. Right. For the first time, in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not a demon hunter. If demons show up, I will deal with them, okay? I mean, there are spiritual attacks, but when demons are manifest through someone, I'll I'll, in the name of Jesus, cast them out. Mm-hmm. And my, I love the Holy Spirit. My emphasis of ministry is on the Holy Spirit. But for Amen. you, the name of Jesus, how did it set you free? And then what have you seen God do through that? And you can even mention mentors because we need to be mentored in this. Right. And that's why you and I do what we do. We live a lifestyle of power, mm-hmm. power evangelism, and we activate people to do what Jesus did. So can you go there? Well, speaking of the name of Jesus, in the, the name is onome. It means nature. Basically, I want you to think of it this way. Onome means nature, character, and authority. Authority is root, the root word is author. Who is the author and finisher of our faith? Jesus. Now, I want you to think about the seven sons of Sceva. They tried to cast out a demon by Paul, who, you know, but Jesus by whom uh, Paul preaches. And the demon goes, I, I don't know you, but I know Paul and I know Jesus. So what they were doing is they were taking the name of the Lord in vain. They had, they were using the name of Jesus as an incantation without a relationship. This is what happens in Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Many people say to me in that day, did I not prophesy, cast out demons and do many of my works in your name? He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. This is a parallel in John chapter 13 as well. So one of the things, this is why my passion is for people to have a spiritual relationship with the biblical Jesus. Don't take his name in vain. So when, and, and this is something interesting. I go into some of the night terror groups because people are being demonically terrorized at night, you know, and I'm like, hey, use say the name of Jesus. Yeah. Well, even unbelievers, unbelievers tell the demon to leave in the name of Jesus, and it does. Yeah. So they do it two or three times, and they, well, it stopped working. Well, it's because you're you're not becoming a Christian. You're not doing it in the nature, character, and authority. 
you know, at, at some point you need to realize that God delivered you and bow the knee. That's so good. So yeah. good. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm just like, you know what, man? You just seek God and they will show up. <laughs> they will show up. Keep reading the Bible. Keep seeking. I used to pray for three or four hours a day. I go, I'm like, I'm talking to God. I mean, I was just drawn to pray. Yeah. So anyway, I was uh, in Hawaii and I was opening this corporation and I never knew this attorney. And I'm in this room and he's talking to me and he goes, you know, this is really out of character, but uh, I'm supposed to pray for you. <laughs> you know, and this is an attorney, right? And then he mentored me in Oahu, in, in Hawaii. And uh, he taught me about Smith Wigglesworth and, and so forth. And, and then some time went by and I was going through a bout of depression. And uh, I went to Christian Tabernacle in, in Houston, Texas. And I, if, for those of you that don't know Christian Tabernacle, if you read the book, The God Chasers by Tommy Tinney, in October of 1996, right after uh, Pastor Heard read Second Chronicles 7:14, if my people which are called by my name, right that that passage, the plexiglass pulpit raised up off the ground and split in two with a loud clap of thunder. You can check that; it's in the first chapter of uh, Tommy Tinney's book, The God Chasers. So I'm living in Houston. By God orchestrated my footsteps to go there, and you know what? That was pretty awesome. And I met this man. He was a, uh, a Christian counselor that went to that church. And I'm like, I, I got to get, you got to help me with my depression. So this man in this room, he, this small room that we were in, he would double over like this, go, mm. I'm like, oh, something's going on here. And then the cigarette smoke, the, the, the cloud, the glory cloud would come in through the walls. And then it, it was light. It wasn't big and thick, like, like in Solomon's dedication of the temple, but it was light. And I'm like, going, wow, he was, he was teaching me how to tune in to the spirit of God, I guess, you know? And then I, pretty soon I forgot all about being depressed. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is pretty awesome. And he was, uh, you know, so I, I visited him quite some time after that. So that's another mentor to, that God, you know, my footsteps, I, these are two mentors I met outside the corporate church system. Then there was another one. Uh, some time went by. And I had some supernatural encounters with God that I don't share with anybody. They're private. And um, I know people want to hear what it is, but the, there's some Ooh. stuff. That, yeah, <laughs> they, I know. I know people want to hear what it is, but but there's some stuff that you don't share. So yeah. I was walking outside this, this office building, and there was this man. I saw him. I'm like, hey, I'm supposed to tell this guy about this encounter that I had, right? And guess what? He had it too. <laughs> the, same, the Lord, the Lord and him had the same thing happen. So he was so uh, he was so blown away by that. He offered me. Uh, he paid for my trip to a prophetic conference, and this is all in my book. Uh, prophetic conference at uh, Morningstar Ministries out in North Carolina around two thousand one, two thousand two. And I'm like, okay. I mean, hotel, airfare, everything's all paid for, and I was in this room room of the. the prophetic people, just crazy um, anointing was there. And the first time I, you know, the first time I go in, God tells me, I'm hearing from God. He said, we were in this room, we're having this meeting. And he says, they're going to break you up into groups of three. And he's going to ask you to prophesy over one another. And I want you to prophesy over that man right in front of you. I want you to show him this. And then I get this, this vision, this cartoon vision. 
And it's about this car trying to change lanes and, you know, and then it stops. As soon as I stopped seeing the vision, this is a video. It wasn't an open vision. You could see, you could see everything in, in the spirit simultaneously. Okay. As soon as that stopped, the guy up front goes, okay, I want you to break up into groups of three and prophesy over one another. I'm like, wow. And here I am prophesying over that dude. As soon, and I'm like, I'm showing, I'm telling him about the, uh, the headlight vision. And while that's going on, while that's going on, God shows me in another cartoon vision, this silver cannonball coming over a fence and demolishing some green army men. Now I knew that wasn't for the man. I just knew in my spirit, it wasn't for the guy, but I told him anyway, I made a mistake. I didn't know. So the next night in that very same chair in front of me with a name tag, a lady had a name tag that said Cannon. Cannonball, Cannon the very next night in the very same chair. So I'm like, I, I talked to my mentor that threw me up there, flew me up there. I said, Hey, you know, should I go tell her about the vision? He goes, of course, Bozo, be bold, you know, go, go share this. So I went up to the lady and I told her about the vision and she looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, that's kind of funny to someone look at you at a prophetic convention, like you're crazy. Right. But that's, that's what she gave me. Then like, I just, I felt dejected, man. I felt like I was blowing it. I just blew it. And then the third night, I hear this, my name's being called. This lady's running in the conference going, Conrad, Conrad. I'm like going, wow, what did I do? <laughs> you know, what did I do? And she's, it was the same lady, last name Cannon. She said, man, I told my husband about your vision. And his nickname is Cannonball. He's in the military. And God is showing us that we're going to win our lawsuit. Wow. Bam. Wow. Yeah. So, amen. Awesome. Well, those are very encouraging, Conrad. Now, yeah. you have a group of friends right. that you equip, empower, activate people to go mm -hmm. do what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. We, You and I both live a lifestyle of seeing Jesus move through us for his glory in signs and wonders, seeing people get saved, filled with the Spirit, set free. Can you share like one testimony of what you've seen God do on the streets? And then after you share that testimony, can you lead us, our viewers, our listeners to be activated into um, doing something similar. Yeah, I, I, I can. Uh, I'm trying to think because I, I covet the gift of healing because I have some friends. I didn't think healing was for today. And I've got some friends that will pray for people and they'll get healed. And it's, it's usually tied with unforgiveness. But when I, my, my gifting is I operate in words of knowledge. And oh, what we yeah, do, share that. Love word, word, words of knowledge can be just, you know, I, I believe that healing is the dinner bell to salvation, but also is words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And what we do basically is we do the model that's in the Bible. When we have church, when we have meetings, it's like first Chronicle, first uh, Corinthians 14, but also Acts 13, where there's a, a, a corporate church meeting. We seek God and some people call it prophetic fishing. That's the buzzword, but it's basically spiritual spirit led evangelism. We pray and we seek God and we compare notes. What did you see? You know, what did you hear? What's your impression from God? We write them down usually, or we, we just remember them. And then we go out and we evangelize. So God directs our steps. And for instance, just recently, um, I had, uh, we, we were praying and I saw immediately this, this, I saw this hand, this huge hand stopping us wherever we wanted to go. And I'm like, oh, wow. So he's directing our steps. And I heard, I heard faintly, um, he's directing our steps. And also he will watch over us as the apple of his eye. You know, that's the pupil of his eye. And we 
thought, you know, some of us thought we were supposed to contact two people. So I'm contacting these two people on the phone and that did not work out. Didn't work out. We weren't able to go there. Well, while we're trying to make all this happen in the car, we look, that phone calls over and we look up and we're at a flea market, right? We're at a flea market. And I'm like going, well, we're supposed to minister at the flea market. We've got our team Jesus shirts on. I've got my tracks. You know, these are my personal tracks. Ooh. And, then, and, and we pray. Yeah, you can make your own personal tracks on Canva for free. So yeah, That's this awesome. sign behind me is 88 cents, right? So you don't have to, you don't have to finance your ministry. You probably got enough money for ministry right now. So anyway, we go out and um, we start talking to people. You know how God's when you when you pray, God brings you people. God brings you people, man. He says, um, "No man can come to the Father except the Lord draws them." Dude, it's really cool to watch this happen. So we're talking to this lady. This lady says, "I like your shirts." We start sharing the airplane gospel, which is you know it's a long story, but it's something that we do for evangelism. Joseph hands out a cross, and then the anointing hits. Okay, the anointing is people start coming up to us and talking to us about Jesus. And I start staring at this lady and she's talking about the Lord. And while I'm staring, I'm listening to her, what she says. But I'm also stopping the internal monologue of the mind. You know how the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I believe he means to stop that stinking thinking that's going on in her head and be listen for him. And I heard the word stroke. Yeah. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, I don't think she had a stroke. But there's there's four main sources of spiritual communication. One can be God, which is usually a, knack, a knockdown, drag out, like God is speaking. Or one can be from the person itself, like the spiritual body odor, they're emanating what they're thinking. One can be from a demon, and one can be from our own hearts. Now, in each one of these cases, you can use them for evangelism. Norm, normally, I've noticed that demons, they like to... Uh, say their name stroke it could be an assignment to a family do you, you know that demons are assigned to families right the family curses the, the, to the third and fourth generation so i asked her i'm like hey has someone in your family recently had a stroke and she's like yeah how'd you know things like that happen and and then we prayed for her we prayed for her uh, i think it was her niece by proxy i had my wife put her hand on her shoulder so we're waiting to hear back how that happens how that pans out but yeah, when we we do sidewalk chalk, that's another thing that we do out on the on the uh, the beaches, is we take cheap chalk. You can get a whole box of chalk. You know what sidewalk chalk is? Oh yeah, my kids yeah, yeah. love it. So we take that and we just write down scriptures. We ask the Holy Spirit to give us verses. We start writing down scriptures on the beach, and then people come up, and they start talking to us, and then we just wait for a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, and we pray for the people. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, can you lead us uh, to be activated to today? Like, say from here, I've got some errands to run, but um, give me some gold nugget or something that I can do. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a couple of scriptures first, and this, and I'll tell you why. And Jesus says in John eight thirty one, everybody knows John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. It starts with the word and, right? So there's something before that. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So it starts with if. We've got to continue in the words of God. Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Um, for those that cometh to God must believe that he is, 
and he's rewarded those that diligently seek him. So when we're looking for activation, he's wanting us to seek him diligently. You, you with me? So yeah. I'm going to pray that that sinks in and we're going to pray right now for you to get activated. Amen. Amen. Heavenly father, Lord, I thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for the boldness of the disciples that there are examples for us. They're saying, behold, their threatenings, Lord. We need your spirit right now, God. I pray right now for the people that are, that are wanting breakthroughs in their life, that they're willing to pay the price. They're willing to read the scriptures. They're willing to seek you diligently in their private prayer closet, Lord. And I pray right now for the anointing, how like for instance, Paul, he would touch the handkerchief and it would go out and people would be healed. I pray for how Elijah gave the double portion of the anointing to Elisha, Lord. I pray for that to be drawn upon in, in right now, God. I pray for these people to, to catch that revelation, that supernatural communication of truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that that breaks the bondages in their lives. And they are so inspired and motivated that they can take steps to save the people in their community, save their family members, and be a light in their household right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, our communities, that's our mission field. Do we know the salvation status of our five closest neighbors? Amen. Think about that. Amen. Thank you so very much. Guys, this Amen. is my new friend, Conrad Carricker of Coffee with Conrad. Amen. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? Um I make it real simple. Everything's on conradrocks.net. Everything, my social media, my links to my podcast, my links to my videos, everything. And also you're going to see this evil pop up uh, for your email. And I don't, I don't ask you for money or anything, but what I do do is I, I give you inner circle stuff, stuff that's too, uh, too deep for public. Too deep. Um, yeah. Exclusive content. It's, it's kind of like you don't want to cast your pearls before swine. When you do, you know, when you say things, when you say things publicly, the cessationists and the atheists, they attack you and you're like, oh, I should have sent this to the inner circle. So, oh, dude, yeah. I, I totally understand. <laughs> you and I were talking earlier before backstage, backstage, remote backstage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, guys, I've got ConradRocks.net. It's on the screen. And so reach out to him. I'm trying to get an autographed copy of his book, but <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky podcast, available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, guys, that sharing is caring. So share this episode, text it, tweet it, do whatever it takes so that you can see people set free from Conrad sharing his testimony. So thank you so very much, Conrad, for being on Adventures in the Spirit, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit.